So the Bank of England has raised rates. Not a unanimous decision, but they are also expecting a slightly better economic outlook for the UK. But does that mean the economy will be too strong and they'll have to do more? Will they? Well, we'll talk about that today. Meanwhile, things might be cooling a bit more in the United States. Jobless claims were up last night. And in China, weaker inflation and a big drop in Huan loans. So softness and a risk-off mood this morning, not helped by banks. Still an issue in the United States and the debt ceiling. It's Friday, the 12th of May, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar is quite a bit stronger this morning, up 0.6% on the DXY. The pound is down 0.9%. The Aussie, even more, it's lost 1.2% at 67 US cents. The euro has lost 0.6%. Equities are mixed, but generally down in the United States, almost 0.7% off the Dow, 0.2% down for the S&P 500. The Nasdaq is up, but just 0.2%. All of those, all indices, saw marginal gains in the last hour before close. In Europe, the Euro stocks 50 closing up less than 0.1%. The FTSE about 0.1% down. Regional banking stocks in the United States uh, still causing uh, some concerns uh, with reports suggesting that a lot of it is retail investors selling short. Hence, Jamie Dimon, the JP Morgan CEO, is suggesting that it's time for the regulator to step in on short selling. So PacWest Bancor, for example, down 21% today. It's a rocky road, isn't it? Meanwhile, bond yields, well, the Bank of England puts rates up and bond yields come down, down nine for 10-year gilts, down 10 for two-year gilts. 10-year treasuries in the US down six basis points. Uh, We've got more than that across uh, much of Europe. Six for Germany, for example, down seven for France, down nine basis points for 10 years in Italy. Aussie 10-year yields uh, just below 3.4% yesterday, but down another six or so on futures overnight. And oil is falling further, although it did pick up a little late in the session, but WTI still down 1.6%. Brent down below $75 a barrel overnight. It's over that now, but it's still 1.3% down on the day, but still $5 above its one-year low. But you know what? It is still a lot higher than it was throughout 2019 and the years before the pandemic. So uh, it's largely Bank of England stuff today, which is why we've got NAB's Gavin Friend in London to join us. No surprise from the Bank of England, uh, Gavin, 25 basis points up to 4.5%. A couple of detractors on the Monetary Policy Committee, which same as last time, we wanted to keep it on hold. Uh, But are we going to see many more of these? Yeah, morning, Phil. Um, well, that's the 12th consecutive rate rise to 4.5% of levels not seen since 15 years ago. So it's going to hurt. Mm. Um, it, so the bank retained its warning that it it will hike again if it sees evidence of more persistent inflation, you know, i.e. sort of wage rises or second-round effects. But as Governor Bailey in various media rounds was keen to point out, until... Um, you know, the period of a couple of months ago, um, the bank, you know, uh, was really giving a steer on, on where things were going. Now he is clear we are not giving a steer um, and any further hikes are conditional. Um, that is, they are not, as some would have it, non-conditional. In other words, the bank needs to see evidence or, you know, of, substan- of sustained, persistent price pressures. Now, I mean, we all know that UK inflation has been extremely stubborn on the upside. It hasn't fallen in line with that that we've seen in parts of Europe or the US. The bank uh, claims a major reason for that is structural. 
in terms of the the mechanics of the UK uh, energy energy industry and energy prices and you know um, the chunk of it's food that, as well though isn't it I mean uh, dare I is, say is, is, is Brexit part of this but I won't say that yeah, because that uh, was that is such a divisive <laughs> comment that, that, those things <laughs> clearly they've they've not helped the labour market and they mm, play into it yeah. but the point that the bank is making that there is a you know lots of people say well why is it so high compared to the peer group. Um, and, and you could argue that wages feeds into the fact that, you know, the energy, sorry, that, that inflation is so high and it's not coming down and you, you get that second round effect. But that's not a core reason why it's high in and of itself in the first place. And so the, what the bank is saying is, that, you know, think about the price that households pay uh, for energy as controlled by the regulator. It's been subsidising those very high energy prices through the uh, the Russian invasion in Ukraine, um, and then what's going to happen? Um, because spot gas prices have fallen a long, long way. Um, at the moment, um, customers are still sort of paying a slightly inflated price. Two things listeners need to watch out for: on the twenty fourth of May, the April inflation uh, report will show a big downward base effect. Uh, because of this, okay, that's going to drop out. Um, and then second, in July, the regulator will shift its cap and households and businesses will actually feel the benefit of the current really low or much lower spot energy prices. Nice. So you combine that with lower global you know, commodity and food prices, to your point about food, and the bank thinks that the, the current 10.1% CPI rate is going to drop to 6%, 6% or so in Q3, and then 5% right, by the that's year the, end. That's the, head, that's the headline rate, though. Aren't we supposed to be looking beyond the headline rate? And well, the, the headline, well, don't forget the bank does target the... The, the headline rate that's where its mandate is the core rate matters of course and it's, it's expected to be sticky and, fo- and fall at a slower rate but if you get a drop to the kind of levels the bank is saying then it believes that uh, wage rises you know won't be settling at, or pay settlements won't be going at six percent they'll be considerably south of that the other thing i'll point out at is that the bank's suddenly gone more hawkish on its inflation projections further out it now thinks it's going to take much longer for inflation to come down because of some of these um, stubborn effects outside of the base effect that we're going to get in the next few months but if you look at their forecast mm. for instance um, 8.2% at the end of Q this is the headline at the end of Q2 if we get 8.2% in that uh, 24th of May April uh, uh, release and we then get those base effects coming in to a slightly less extent in May and June, we're not going to get an average of 8.2 for the second quarter. It's going to be more like 7%. So lots of analysts are making the point, as we are, that the, the risk of them overshooting here and that therefore giving them you know, um, sort of comfort to pause is quite high. So, so there's a, a quote from the, the, the policy statement that was issued today. There remain considerable uncertainties around the pace at which CPI inflation will remain sustainably uh, return sustainably to the two percent target. Considerable uncertainties. I mean, that sounds like they really don't have a clue. You know, it's and it, who knows how long it's going to take to come yeah. down. So, so what they are clear about is they think the base effects are going to fall off because it's kind of mechanical, yeah. and that's going to come down. They don't quite know to what extent. Uh, wages will follow. They believe they will. If inflation yeah. halves, well, the next few months they will. Yeah, labor and global, global food prices, you know, which we're going to talk about more in a moment. Th- th- those things suggest why would uh, if there's no evidence of price gouging going on? Well, these that was going to be my other point, though, which they point to company profit margins. And for that, yeah. uh, for them to be squeezed, you've got to see demand coming down. So long as there's high demand. 
you know, there's still that opportunity, isn't there? People are still yeah. buying stuff. So uh, how quickly is that going to come down? Yeah. But we get uh, UK GDP numbers today, the three-month average up to March. Are they going to stay positive? I mean, it, I mean, is, is the UK going to avoid a recession? It's sort of so, so here's the thing. I mean, the, the governor, the, the Bank of England came out today with some uh, different growth forecasts now. So, you know, two or three quarters ago, they were talking about <clears throat> a recession that was going to be probably, you know, up to two years. Then it was yeah. kind of just below zero. And now they're saying uh, for 2023, it'll be just north of, of, of zero. Um, the 0.7 in, in, in 2024, 0.9 or just above in 2025, adding something like two and a quarter percent of growth out to 2026. That two and a quarter percent sounds quite good. It sounds quite punchy, but you break it down into the annual rates. It's really, you know, well below trend growth where it should be in the UK of sort of one and a half to two percent. So it's still pretty pit- pitiful. And I, you know, we have this conversation with our colleagues about oh actually the growth in the UK is surprising on the upside it's quite surprisingly resilient look at the PMIs but we're still just above zero still Mm. below our peer group now to the point of the GDP numbers we're going to get today it's the monthly number for March Uh, the the consensus is zero following zero in February which implies after a little bit of growth in January uh, the, the, the first quarter growth will be a magnificent 0.1% Q on Q for a stellar 0.2% year on year. Um, yeah, those surveys, the PMIs, they do point to potentially better growth coming along. But you've got to think about we've had a whole load of strikes in education and health, which will, yeah. um, which will, which which will scrub off some of that uh, growth speed. We had retail sales and car sales data for March, which were very soft. So there's lots of factors here coming in to suggest that growth really. It isn't going anywhere at the moment. Now, the, the thing we might say is if the bank is right and we're going to get this drop in the reality check of, of, of much lower energy prices from July onwards, that gives households and businesses a bit more cash. How is that going to translate as we go down the road to these growth numbers and to inflation? Because at the moment, the bank says, well, there's not going to be much tick up in inflation there. But of course, we don't know. I mean, well, it does it, sound, it sound, like, that sound like they're saying it's going to be around for longer. So what does that mean in terms of... You know, the number of hikes. Are, are we going to see a couple more? Well, we've got, uh, we're on pause at four and a half. And that's because if we get that drop in CPI um, on the 24th of this month yeah. by up to two percentage points, you know, that, that should give them some confidence that, that things are now finally moving in the right direction. Um, it, of course, you know, would we expect wages to come down immediately after that? Would we expect some some of the, the pass through from from global agriculture prices to start pushing down on food? If they remain stubbornly high for, an, for another two or three months, even in the face of lower CPI, the bank will probably have to go again. It's it's a it's a it's yeah, a yeah. very close call. But 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 gov- just just take right. away this that Governor Bailey said that we are. Um, you know, we are, he nodded to a pause. We are approaching such a point. We haven't seen the evidence yet, referring to that data on the 24th, um, but we're looking at it, right? So, so it's, 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 it all hangs on that number, really, and the, and the two or three uh, sort of CPI prints after that. Well, it seems like in the United States, they have sort of got inflation under control. Uh, at least, you know, there's every indication it's heading in the right direction. And then the jobless claims last week, 264,000, uh, it was the number uh, of, of claims, uh, new claims in the in the numbers out last night, up from 242,000 a week ago. The PPI number, 0.2% month on month for April. It, I mean, it was minus 0.5 last time, but, you know, it's been up and down all year. But at least the trend is not upwards. 
and then this big fall in energy prices today, which sort of implies that there's an expectation, you know, that the world's largest economy is going to see some sort of downturn. So, I mean, the things are cooling in the United States, aren't they? They are. I mean, weekly claims first, 264, as you mentioned. You know, the market was really looking for 245. Remember, we had that big revision a few weeks ago. <clears throat> it looks like there's something of a seasonal adjustment issue going on with this particular week's data. But the trend is <clears throat> now rising. Um, and, uh, you know, the layoffs that we've seen in tech and in banking, they will work their way through the system. The, the PPI numbers, of course, they followed that sort of softer CPI print we saw on Wednesday, you know, where the headline is below 5% now. And, you know, the, the, the encouraging parts of that were the 0.4 month on month shelter prices down from 0.6 last month and 0.8 the month before. Um, you know, and uh, on top of that, we're expecting some pretty hefty, like in the UK, base effects to come out in the next two months. Um, headline PPI, 0.2 from 0.3. I mean, that's the second consecutive month on a 0.2. It's because gasoline prices were not as high as, 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 as people thought. Um, annually, it's 3.2 from 3.4. I mean, all of this bodes well for things like core PCE down the road. And I guess in a way, it segues quite nicely into what we saw earlier. Uh, yes. Thursday from the China data. So, yeah, I mean, a very slow recovery there, isn't it? I mean, so I guess the good news was inflation is there is minus 0.1% in April, month on month. It was minus 0.3 last time. So deflation, imagine that. Uh, PPI year on year is 3.6% down, which is so it's fallen further than expected. But also uh, new one loans for April, 718 billion down from 3.9 trillion and about half what was expected. So... I mean, that's that's an economy slowing, isn't it? It is an absence of inflation, as you say, producer prices falling, um, the an aggregate financing and credit growth soft, nearly half, really, both of those numbers, yeah. what the market was looking for. You know, after a strong start to the year and all these hopes, households in China are repaying, not borrowing their debt. Corporate borrowing is soft. I mean, it adds to the view that the, the, the soft China import numbers that we saw earlier in this week, that, you know, there's a sort of a softening going on and that it kind of undermines that's partly some of the view of the China rebound. Um, got to be careful with that because, you know, what's going to happen, the PBOC, they've, they've got a, a growth target and the PBOC is going to come out like most likely and and help try and, um, you know, stimulate stimulate that borrowing and stimulate uh, the growth impetus as it goes through it, it won't be a you know a, you know um, a vacuum a policy vacuum no exactly yeah. exactly that um mm. and um so on the day though it's that kind of thing that set the tone i mean you talked about the dollar having a good day i mean equities are down bond yields are down and the dollar is up because it's risk off um on any other day you might have expected sterling for instance to do reasonably well or other some other currencies can you know, the ecb is continuing to talk the talk those things to do well they're not because it's it's a risk off session um and you know all of what we talked about on a macro uh, sort of side today is is kind of you can see in, in in pricing of where rates are going in the us the market is increasingly pricing in that first rate cut and, um, you know, we're going to flip in and out as we go through this in terms of, you know, are there going to be, a, is it going to be a hard landing? Is, is it going to be manageable, you know? And at the mm. moment, 
you look at the price action today, it's a hard landing scenario. You know, it's so. Yeah. Um, Which I feel like we need know. to start replaying some of our old podcasts because I mean, it's <laughs> been been through this up and down for quite a while now, haven't we? Uh, and and then but throw in now the banking uncertainty, which, as I said in the introduction, uh, which isn't helping equities, is it? Because that's still uh, very much uh, on the playing field as well. And the but, debt ceiling. And the, and the debt ceiling as well. Well, there we had we had Donald Trump out giving one of his yeah. uh, town halls overnight, saying that the Republicans will cave at the last moment. Uh, and arguing that if they defaulted it, it, you know, it couldn't be any worse than uh, what uh, uh, the uh, the government is currently doing. Uh, so there, there's a man in full campaign mode. So look, uh, we uh, that slide in Aussie inflation expectations in the Melbourne Institute survey, uh, that's sort of broken the trend up from 4.6% to 5% uh, in the one year out figure yesterday. Uh, that's higher than expectations and higher than uh, in, the, in the United States. But, you know, maybe we're just a few months behind. Uh, we get consumer confidence numbers for Westpac today. The uh, U.S. Michigan Consumer Sentiment Survey as well, which includes their inflation expectations and uh, a few Fed speakers as well. Uh, Bullard amongst them. But I think we've got the message, haven't we? We've seen the slide pack now. Yeah, I think so. Um, they're going to be uh, watching the data. They are split, I think, as a pack. It's fair to say, mm. um, you know, hold, uh, half the committee holding up, thinking things, are, uh, you know, uh, are OK. Um, we've just got to watch this data unfold over the next few months and, um, you know, to yeah. see whether the market's forecast of a rate cut as soon as July, perhaps September, um, you know, it's credible. It's as, it's as clear as mud, Gavin, clear as mud. <laughs> uh, relatively quiet end to the week, isn't it, after all the excitement that this week's brought. Uh, so we'll see what the next week brings. Good to have you on. Cheers, Catch you again soon. And that's the morning call for today and for this week. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Back on Monday. See you then.